Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast, and we are on the air with the 60-minute time limit. The man this, of the <laughs> charge of this episode is your host, the extreme champion, and the king of the north, Sick Vic, which might be changing soon because of the fact of my boys from the woods and just like disappeared on me. So I don't know what happened to the guys that knighted me that name. If they're not around, then I'll just move on to something else. I might be calling myself Mad Vic. You never know. Speaking about Mad, we have Mad Mex with us today. How are you doing, sir? All right, brother. How are you? I am doing well. I missed you last week. Oh, man. I. But again, it's like we didn't record last week, but we still talked on the phone and shot the ship as long as the podcast. Right. And the only thing I know last week is my wife had a lovely birthday, even though I was going to spend it with her. That's why I didn't podcast. She decided to hang out with a friend instead. That's fine by me. Happy wife. Happy life. I got some stuff done and shot the shit with you for like an hour. <laughs> it's all good. I know. I know. I was like, oh, I got to tell Vic something. I'm like, oh, no. It's, it's his, either he's spending time with his wife or it's her anniversary. I don't want to interrupt him. And I'm like, well, maybe if he could just see this and hide it from her everything will be cool. And I did that. And you're like, oh, shit, dude, it's her birthday. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to interrupt you. Dude, she's got a bottle of wine and her girlfriend sitting out here. And I'm here watching the kids. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's what it is. It's just like, eh. but a happy wife, happy wife. That's all I can say. Exactly. Mama's not happy. Mama's not happy. Name. No damn person happy. So I mentioned to you before, first of all, this is the 200th episode of Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast. Oh, wow. So instead of like doing a celebration of something happy, let's talk about something depressing, shall we? Let's Why do not? Right? Let's do this. There's a lot of speculation, even to this date, day about Chris Benoit. Now, the state and the police and the feds, whatever, has pretty much made it like an open and shut case, you know, looked like a homicide, a suicide, double homicide, which is very much possible. This episode could just be, you know, some guys that just can't believe it. I'm going to say that right now. I don't want people to say like, oh, you know, this, I mean, this is what we believe, but we could be wrong here. Exactly. I mean, I watched Chris Benoit when he came out as the Pegasus kid. I remember in, him. That in him. Japan. And he was just a phenomenal worker. And, you know, he was brought up, he was brought up in the, from the dungeon, from the Stu Hart dungeon. So he knew wrestling for sure. And I mean, he, he was an incredible worker. I mean, he was, he was in tip top shape. You know, he worked out. I mean, he, he, when he was a kid, he, his parents bought him a weight set and he started working out, working out. And then his friends were like, okay, well, let's work out together. And, you know, Chris was out there working out and they're like, God, you, you're crazy, man. He goes, you don't understand. You know, you guys don't understand. If I'm going to be a wrestler, this is what I got to do. And his friends would want to work out with him, but they said he was just 
too intense of working out as a kid. Yeah. And he they would leave and his, you know, his father was like, Well, I thought, you know, John Doe said that he was gonna work out with you. And Chris turned around, looked at his dad, and said, They they don't have it. They don't want it as bad as I do. They can't take it. And you know, that's what happened, you know. Some people are possessed about wrestling and they'll do anything they got to to make it in the business. And Chris Benoit, as a child, was one of them. And I understand, you know, people try to get an advantage and steroids get involved. And I understand, you know, with you know, too many bulls in the head, you know, it's like Aaron Hernandez, for example. Yeah. You know, too many bulls in the head and you just like have that split personality. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I can see Benoit being intense. I can honestly see him being like a physical behind the scene. I can see that. But how far is too far before you it becomes like, okay, that's not the truth. Now, true, they did find steroids in the home in Georgia. First of, all, first of all, first of all, before we get into that, where were you when you found out that, that he was found dead with all of his family? When I found out what happened, because back then I, I had the thing to where I was getting Texas from WWE about news breaks and all that. And me and my wife and the rest of my family were, we used to do karaoke. My wife would host it. She got the switch, you know, the switchboard, the speakers, the microphone and everything. And she had over 3,000 CDs and books. She, I think she had like six books total of all of what CDs she had. And it was all karaoke. And I was... I went to the bathroom and I came outside to get some fresh air and I hear the ding on my phone and I pull it out and I look and it said, you know, WWE is saddened with a heavy heart is saddened to say the breaking news that Chris Benoit is dead. And I was like, what? You know, I freaked out because that was one, one of the top, five wrestlers that I admired because he was true wrestling. You he know, was. and the thing is, people were like, well, yeah, he, he was a good wrestler, but look what he did in the last minutes of his life. You know, I mean, I want to say he didn't do it, but everything's showing he did, but at the same time, I wasn't there. I wasn't there to actually see it with my eyes to visualize it and find out the truth of it. It's like they always say, there's three sides to each story. His side, her side, and the truth. You're right. And when they claim that they found steroids in the building, in the, house, the household of the Benoit's, that is true. But 
they did not specify what kind of steroid use it was. It was steroid use and the prescription was to his son Daniel because his son Daniel was like eight years old or seven and he was the size of a four-year-old. That's where the steroids were brought in. And, you know, they didn't specify what kind they were. See, I do I believe they found steroids that probably believe in Ben Wall and Chris Benoit. I say, if I had to pick yes or no, I would say yes. They found something. I would say yes. But the question is, though, and before we start spewing all these bad words against Benoit, these are the, some like them key like bullet points before you can, because you can see like Aaron Horrendous. You see, you hear the case, you hear about it, da da da, and he's like, okay, it point A goes to point D, makes sense. You know, it sucks it happened. God bless him, but it happened. Right. Benoit's though, it's like, yeah between A and D, there's a lot of questions that have not been answered. And I think there's like, like, think, wait, all right, Chavo Guerrero, a close friend of Benoit, told mm. WWE, they talked to Chris for a, a while on Friday night on his home phone. About 45 minutes of the conversation, Chris told him that there was somebody knocking at the door and he was gonna see who it is. Shortly after, Chris answered the door. There was an apparent scuffle and the house phone went dead. Chris could only be reached on his cell phone about three hours later. So right there, you can, that raises at least a flag. Exactly. Now, at that point, you can say like, well, it could be nothing. Which, okay, you know, coincidence does happen. This is a un, just devil's advocate here. Right. It's just something that it was a Daniel coming in or something like that. And it was like, he wasn't behaving. You know how it is with kids. You know, there's always a scuffle when you're trying to tell your kid, calm the hell down. After Chavo reached Chris on his cell phone, he said that Chris sounded very odd, groggy and tired. He also said that Chris told Chavo that he loved them, which mm -hmm. sounded according to Chavo, forced. The WWE also said that when Chris called in and told that Nancy and Daniel were sick, he did not sound like himself. He sounded groggy. Same word that Chavo used. Chris then said, I love you, which they said was out of context because he usually did not say that at all. Right. So right and there, now you get to the something's up exactly i mean they're making comments that nancy aka and wcw woman was uh wanting to divorce chris benoit that it was starting to get physical and if you see the way chris was with his family the only thing he would hit him with is love. I mean, if people go like, oh, how did you just see? If people look back in WWE archives, if it's still up, when he won the world title, exactly, he was in a big parade 
Like Chris Benoit is going back to his home country. This is him in Toronto. This is him in Montreal. And you saw his family with them. Yep. Never stopped. They even got some words with woman or with Nancy at the time. So right there, it's like if there's abuse or something going on, why are they there? Right. I mean, it's possible they were is possible they were forced. It is also possible that the person at the door was Nancy, and then when she came in, he was just like, all right, it's business time. And I mean, that's all possible. But when you're how much does this push against common sense before it starts sounding suspicious? I mean, to be honest with you, rumors in this wrestling business are like a fart in the wind, brother, because it they they run from one side to the other and everybody adds a little bit to it. Case in point, my wife, when my first marriage, when I started out in Men and Empire Pro Wrestling in St. Joe. I was, they said I was a very gifted, talented wrestler. Six months into the business, they said, you're getting the cruiserweight belt. I'm like, no. They're like, what do you mean, no? I said, no, I don't deserve it. And the promoter herself, the owner of the company, came to me and said, look, you said you're old school, correct? I'm like, yes, ma'am. She goes, all right. What the, what the promoter says goes, correct? Goes, yes. I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, all right. I'm the owner of the company. So what I say is more important than what the, the promoter says, correct? I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, okay, you're getting the belt. Enough said. And I won the belt. Two weeks later, my wife heard rumor that the reason why I got the belt is because she was fucking around with the promoter. And I'm like, no, that ain't happening. And I confronted some people and they're like, oh, that's what I heard too, buddy. And I'm like, no, no, that is not the case. And it got to the point to where my wife was so ill about it that she just turned around and said, hell with it. I'm not going anymore to the shows. And I said, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit, which she didn't after all, you know? And I, that's when I realized that, you know, there's more gossip and rumors and, yeah. and you know, it was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, so, that's, why, that's, that's why everyone likes my show, because I don't care what the truth is. I will say it. I, I don't sugarcoat it. I don't add a little tidbits to it. It's like, it is what it is. And people say, like, oh, that's not, you can't say that. Yeah, I can. Because it's truth. Right. So it's like, Good Colombian cocaine. Nice, pure, you're set. You ship it to America, they'll add chemicals to it and shit like that. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, I watched Chris Benoit when, when he was in, you know, 
I would get back then it was VHS tapes and me and my friends would trade tapes from Canada and all this and that. And I seen him when he, you know, he came out, you know, and he was immediately, immediately compared to the dynamite kid. Yeah. And lo and behold, they did body shape attitude the way they even worked in the ring was identical. Totally identical. And, you know, he's like, well, Chris was like, I need to go more. I need to go farther. I need to make something of myself. And uh, he got asked if he would be interested in going to Japan. Well, yeah, you know. So he went and right off the bat, they're like, okay, here, here's a mask. You're, you're going to wrestle under a hood and we're going to call you a uh, uh, Pegasus kid. And he didn't understand that. He's like, man, you know, you know, I go as Chris Benoit. It's you Japanese know. bullshit. That's all it is. And it's called creature of Pegasus. Right. So he's like, well, you know, I'm not going to disrespect them. So, yeah, I'll do it. So he wrestled there. He came home to Canada and his friends were even talking to him about, dude, you do not realize how much of a great opportunity you are getting wrestling in Japan. And Chris finally realized it and went back, went back to Japan is like, okay, here I am. I'm yours. Do what you will. And again, he was wearing that hood, the Pegasus kid. This went on for a few years, I believe. And out of the blue, they're like, okay, you're losing your mask. And he's like, what? And they're like, yeah, you're going to lose your mask. And he's like, dude, I'm, I'm so comfortable now in my mask. Now you want me to lose it? And he lost it. He took the mask off. But he still wrestled as a Pegasus kid without the mask. And then when he left, it, you know, and just, I think, like, a year or two before he went, came back to Canada and all that and went to the United States to wrestle, that's when he started going as Chris Benoit. Yeah, but did you know that the cell phone that he used was not recovered? Really? I did not know that. Well, I understand. So I said Chris Benoit's cell phone was missing. Police cannot find his cell phone or the needles. They said Chris used to inject himself with steroids shortly before he died. Now, see, I was told, rumor had it on um, Dark Side of the Ring, that uh, they also talked. I don't care what they, that's true. That's fact. It's not a rumor. Whatever they that, say is true. That uh, Kevin Sullivan was questioned. I don't know if everybody knows this, but Kevin Sullivan was with Nancy before she got with Chris. Were they already divorced? Yeah, I think they were, they were separating, but then when they, I think when they, uh, when uh, she hit WCW as uh Steiner's Rick Steiner's favorite fan, or I remember fan. the nerdy, you know, yeah, 
and she had to make over and it was woman. Yeah, and then, and then that's when she became woman. I believe when she started that gimmick as woman is when they got divorced. That's a that's a pretty good gap between when they spent she started dating Benoit and the divorce. So it wasn't like they were sleeping around behind cell. Right. He he was not that way. He was not that way. He was like, you know, I, we're just talking, you know. And, you know, he knew that they were, you know, him, that Nancy and Kevin were uh, separating or separate, you know, and separated. And that Nancy finally told him, you know, I'm getting a divorce. And then he's like, oh. And then that's when things started happening. Yeah. Uh, what's the next? Next tidbit I found. Chris was not hanging out from his, from the, when was not hanging from the weight machine. He was lying on the floor underneath the machine. Another officer said that Benoit was slumped against the weight machine, not hanging from it. Now, see, I was told through the grapevine that they found him hey. on the, the pull-down press. Yeah. That it was wrapped around his neck. Yeah, because if you take the car off, yeah, you have a cord, the little, like, clip to it. Right. And no offense, but a hundred pounds would not do a damn thing to Chris Benoit's neck. It's good to be a lot more. I mean, those things could carry up to what? 300 pounds. Something like that. So you're talking about it's pot. I mean, it is possible, you know, you have it at a certain height, you drop it, it jerks a certain way and snaps. Right. It is possible, but they say he was hung. His neck wasn't nothing about his neck being snapped. Nothing about broken neck. Just. He hung himself. Yeah, I but mean, they, it was it was they, like to them, it was a open and shut case, which, you know, for a fact, I'm no homicide hunter or nothing like that. But. You know, for a fact, there had to be a hell of a lot more to it than just an open and shut case. Also, they found a white like wrap around his neck at the time. And there and a lot of people are saying that. Why are you like trying to hide the bruises? It's like, why are you trying to hide the bruises if you're killing yourself? Why would you care? You know, they're gonna right. I mean, you're gonna be dead. if you're gonna be dead. You know, you you really don't give a shit about yourself anyway. So, why you know why would you worry about bruising? You ready for this next point? That's really like you gotta say like, come on, man. I'm the medical examiner said that Chris Benoit died on Saturday. The text messages were sent on Sunday. Chris was already dead, so who sent the messages? It is noted that nobody talked to Chris on Sunday. Now, I do remember he was supposed to face John Morrison. No, he was supposed to see a punk, the pay-per-view, before they found him dead. Mm. And I was such, you know I me, mean, I don't mean to be an asshole sometimes. But, you know, it's like, you know, there was like, oh, a substitute and stuff like that. So we're just like making jokes about how he's dead. It's like making a joke out of it. So, you know, the next day I'm behind the bar bartending and my friend called and he's like, Chris Benoit's dead. And I was like, he's dead. He's like, no, 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 no. Turn on the fucking TV. The dude is dead. And I turned it on. I was like, fuck, I feel like such an asshole now. But it was just like, you know, we were drinking, you know, the end show. Okay, he's dead. Not thinking like he's 
Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, like, you know, we talked to, you know, Benoit, da-da-da, we messages. That back. was uh, ECW's One Night Stand. The ECW, I thought it was a night of champions, but it was for the ECW championship. He was supposed to, I, I can't remember exactly who he's, I think it was CM Punk he was supposed to wrestle. Yeah. Again. And then, then it was John Morrison who took this. Right, John Morrison, and I'm like, no, dis, no disrespect to John, he's a damn good worker. But, I mean, in my own opinion, this is my own, you know, assholes are like, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got them. But I would have used somebody more, not saying that John Morrison wasn't up to that potential of being a champion, but to me, he wasn't really that much experienced in the business. At the time, he was like he's usually a tag wrestle, right? With Miz, correct? And uh, it just it did to me. It just didn't seem right for John to be the ta- the champion. Not one bit. Who would have thought that? You know, right? Like, oh, Ben Wall will come back in a week or two. We'll give the stuff to Ben Wall. It'll be just a quick. And, and uh, I mean, I was there, and then when I seen John Morris come out with the title, I'm like, "What? Really? You know, I'm not. I mean, I'm not dogging him, but you know, in my opinion, it it didn't make sense, you know, to put John over, you know, on it as champion and make him champion for a period of time." You know, I mean, it, 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 to me, it did, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Like if it was, if they were the guys they were today, it would be a better selection. It'd be a better choice because Morrison. Oh, definitely. Like that. But back, any- back then, then, but then again, it was ECW so for the ECW championship. I always believe that Vince just took ECW and now it's just this little play thing until it just finally crumbled and died. Because yeah, we used to be the rivals. Well, so- people didn't realize it, but Vince was a silent partner that was helping out the ECW group. Yeah. He's seen that he goes, Oh, these guys are making some noise now. I gotta check into this. And he looked and he's like, Well, hey, you know, I'll give them a little bit and see what kind of talent they got. And then I'll bring him in. I know. Okay, baby. But like I said, you know, I mean, it it just did not seem right. I didn't feel right with John Morrison being the champion. If anybody should have been world champion, in my eyes, with the ECW group and all, and the new WC, you know, WWE and WCW all coming in and all. The one that should have been the champion should have been Kurt Angle. I think a bit of better match was Kofi Kingston was on the ECW roster at the time. Had it be Kofi Kingston versus CM Punk. Mm-hmm. One or the other. They that left the bat. I mean, you're right about 
I mean, people can be like, oh, well, they were, you know, Morrison was tag team champion at this multiple tag team champion at the time. Punk was brand new. Punk was didn't have a title. Punk in the indie scene before going to WWE was a legend. Already, already was an icon. So I mean, so everybody when, was talking about him. But see, when someone say CM Punk versus Morrison, like you're talking about, you guys, and like I know knew the background of both wrestlers, right? And that was a bad taste of decision in your mind. I, that's that's what I'm getting to. You know, I'm like, wait, it it to me it didn't seem right whatsoever. You know, but if anybody. To me, in my eyes, like I said, if anybody would have been that champion at that time, I don't think I would have chose John Morrison. I would have chose either Kurt Angle or, you know. The only thing with Angle is you have to think about what were the other matches in that card. Right. He could have already been wrestling that night. Or, or now under contract, for all we know. Right. And another guy that n- they may not think he has years on the, in the business, but he did. And that was Kevin Thorne. Yeah, that's a better choice. I, I figured it would have to either be Kurt Angle or Kevin Thorne for that, for that strap, in my opinion. But the ECW strap, that's like, television title European and, title, you know I mean Paul Paul was a genius was an incredible genius in the business and what got me is that when Vince said okay I'm gonna let you guys run ECW on a weekly space time space he goes and let's see how you guys can do. And then they came out with the mummy. Or the, well, no, the zombie, I think oh, it was. Zombie, like, it's the same and That dude just come out. And then he gets on a mic, and what's he do? And then he got the shit beat out of him. Yeah, it's like I'm like, this guy's got to be the biggest. Everybody, even even Stevie Wonder could have seen that this guy was a jobber. Just the way he came out, the, the way his presence was, I'm like, who in the hell is this fool? You know, it was almost like that motherfucker shouldn't have even been in there. You know, there. Whatsoever. It was funny though when the same man was canning him. He was like, Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> that was kind of funny. That was kind of funny. I kind of made the groans until I got, but you know. Exactly. I mean, some wrestlers just, oh, okay, when am I come in? What, 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 uh, am I, what spot am I on the card? Okay. Anyway, guy, let me tell you about, give me that beer here. Let me tell you, you know, and there's that's those some kind of wrestlers. And then there's other wrestlers that come in and are like, okay, I'm on, 
I'm on I'm mid card. Okay. They already got their gear on. And they're going out running stairs for an hour doing a hundred flights, you know, yeah. of stairs. Case in point, Iron Mike Sharp. That guy was a humongous wrestler. But he was a worker. He was, he a, was a hell of a that man should have been pushed. No, but wait a second. Wait, wait, before you say that, I had Barry Horowitz on one time. Yes. And I, and I was like, you know, say like, why do you always, you know, lost? Why are we always jobbing and stuff like that? And he said, like, you have to look at my way. I knew I was not going to be as good as Bret Hart to wrestle the top talent and be win. So I said, like, hey, if I lost to them as a jobber, I get to wrestle all the guys I ever want to wrestle against. Right. And I was just like, that's actually really smart. If you don't it is. You know, I mean, the journey, you know, that's smart. What gets me is that you get these favorite wrestlers, you know, that are superstars like John Cena, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not dogging John. He, but. Yeah, you are, but it's okay. Five moves, really, you know. And, you know. He was he was hot. I ain't gonna lie. He was hot at one point in time where they threw the strap on him. And then I think not even a year, or maybe about after a year, he was champ. People are starting, I was starting to hear boos. I'm like, oh, that's odd. You know, you're booing the world WWA uh WWE World's heavyweight champion. And he's supposed to be the fan favorite, you know, of all. And now you guys are booing him. What's up with that? You know, and you had Barry Horowitz. You had the Brooklyn Brawler. Steve, you know, AKA Steve Lombardi. You had Iron Mike Sharp. You had Barry O. You had all these jobbers, Al Snow. And all these guys, and those guys will go out there and bust their ass. Yeah. To get those guys over. Jake the Snake Roberts should have been a world heavyweight champion. Should have been. Never was. You know, never. He was an incredible, outstanding worker. Jesus Christ, he wasn't even an Intercontinental Champion. They didn't even give him the tag straps. Right. They gave him nothing. And, <laughs> you know, that's like Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer said that all of his ECW career life, he wanted to go without holding the world title. Yep. That was his goal. And End up beating uh beating the guy for the world. Uh, I think it was I can't remember exactly. I think it was but they he beat Taz and then like 30 seconds later is a big swerve. Just incredible came in. Right. And he won the title and Dreamer never won the world title again. Right. So and it's like he wanted this to be on the resume of former world champion. But nothing about he lost the title in 30 seconds, you know. Right. You know, which Dreamer, I got nothing against Dreamer. He, he's a good dude. But 
you know, like I said, Steve, Steve Lombardi, Barry Horowitz, Iron Mike Sharp, those guys were incredible workers. They were phenomenal. And I look at it this way. Like you said, you know, if the jobbers get to work, anybody and all, but yet they got to be damn good to wrestle these guys. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, oh, you, you know, that guy's a jobber. What the hell? I'm like, dude, that's an incredible worker. That's why he's that. And the jobbers, a jobber's job is the most important job there is due to the fact that his job is to make that fucking superstar look if fucking incredible. Like QT Marshall. He has a resume that's yeah. impressive, but he's also a teacher. And he's more in the teaching side of things now. So he's like going to AEW, getting his ass kicked, you know, so to get his students over. Right. And that's and what I mean. Well, he's at he's one of the trainers there at uh, AEW in Texas, the Rhodes yeah. Wrestling Academy. And I mean, people hate him, and I'm like, he's doing his job. Yeah. Oh, that's like, a different story. That's a different like MJF. Yeah, people is like, I can't stand that asshole because he's doing. His job. Yeah. Even when I get really pissed off, you know, when I see something he does, I get really pissed off. Then I like kind of like, I start smiling, like that fucker got. Yeah. Well, that's like we did a show in downtown Central City, Kentucky, underneath the underneath the street lights, and uh, right in the middle of downtown, in a four way stop, we had the ring in the middle of the road, and. I go out there and we're doing a tag match and this, these two guys came out and, you know, we're going at it. They're beating the shit out of me. They're working on my leg and all, and I'm selling and all. And my wife, she goes, I don't know who that guy is. I said, the Punisher. She goes, yeah. I said, what about it? She goes, I don't know him, but I do not like him at all. I'm like, well, babe, he's doing his job. Then she goes, what the heck do you mean? I'm like, if you're booing him, he's doing his job. If you're cheering him, he's doing his job. But if all you hear is nothing or crickets, then you know there's a problem. Yep. It's like there's a like a autograph signed by MJF. This is before COVID. And it was a kid. Uh, he, every picture, it was, you know, you see the fans smiling and MJF looking at him like this. There was a kid. Okay, kids there. MJF did not break kayfabe. He did not do anything. He gave the same mm -hmm. to the kid, and people went bullshit. Like, he flipped off a kid! As I'm like, well, if you really think about it, if you could get mad at someone, be mad at the parents. Don't be mad at MJF. He's doing his job. That's like, uh, he was doing an interview and they asked him, you know, what do you do when fans come up and want an autograph or a picture? He goes, plain and simple. I don't do them. They're not my people. If you're wanting a picture, I don't do that. If you want an autograph, I don't do that. If you see me breathing, 
I don't need, I don't need you guys. I don't have to have you guys. I don't need you to hate me. I don't need you cheering me. All I need, all, all I need is in the ring. That's that's where my business takes care of stuff. And in a recent interview, they asked someone asked them that after your ECW uh, AEW contract go come is up, would you go to WWE? And he said right away, if the money was right, yes. Yeah. I mean, just I mean, and, and of course there was some heat. It was like an AEW wrestler saying he would definitely go to the competitor if I might pay enough. But once again, he's not breaking kayfed. Right. Like if he broke it, I would still like the dude. But but if he didn't, it's his choice. He doesn't have to. I do not care if anyone plays kayfabe now on this show. Because like I said, Jeff Jarrett's the one that told me. If you're doing your job, if you're cheering, if you get cheered, you're doing a job. If you're getting booed, you're doing a job. But if no one's cheering or booing and you hear nothing but crickets, you're not doing the job. You need to go back to the drawing board and re reamp yourself. I heard that from Shane Douglas. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I took that with the show. Yep. So I, no matter what I say, I speak my mind. If people are pissed, you know what? They're listening. Mm -hmm. Well, that's like one time we did a show in uh, Michigan. Or no, uh, Boston, I believe. And this woman come up and I had a got midget shirt on. And she started bitching at me about it. You know, that's wrong. That's wrong. You shouldn't even be wearing that shirt. That you're, you know, that's that's disrespectful and all. I said, really? She goes, yeah. I said, you're more disrespectful than I am. She goes, what? How is that? I said, you seen that there was midget wrestling here tonight? Well, yeah, it's on the marquee. And I looked at her arm, her hand, and it was X'd that she paid and all. Now, like. So you mean to tell me you're telling me that I'm disrespecting it, but yet you paid to come and see me. Yeah. She did not know what to say after that. She shut up and walked away. Now, now, I, wasn't, wife, I wasn't trying to be an asshole about it. My wife did ask, you know, your friend Mad Max, is he going to be offended that you have him on the show during Cinco de Mayo? Uh oh. <laughs> I'm just like, I know Cinco de Mayo. Right when the interview was scheduled, don't look at me that way. I mean, and I, and I, was, and I was like, it's not like you planned it. It's not like you planned it. And I, you know, I'm the type of guy that if you said, hey, Vic, you know, you know, right. And I would, what I would be saying, okay, no questions asked. Okay. Brother, let me tell you right now. Yeah, I'm a midget. Yes, I'm Mexican. I got double whammied. I'm a midget Mexican. So, I mean, I work on my birthday because to me, it's just another day. You know, and, you know, and I just, one day when I was training, 
with the WWA on my birthday. I went out to the ring and I started working out with the guys. Didn't expect anything whatsoever on my birthday. And I forgot my elbow pads. I told my wife, I said, babe, can you go get me my elbow pads? Came and got the wrong ones. I, babe. So I ran, you know, I got the car and ran back. Cause they were just literally down the road from my house. Like not even a, not even a mile. And uh, did it. You know, I'm, I'm shocked. You know, I'm like, man, she's actually letting me wrestle on my birthday. You know, that's, that's odd, you know, because she's always, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, you know, and I'm like, okay, but she let me wrestle my birthday, so I'm like, oh, shit, I ain't going to say no. So we did all that, and, uh, you know, I come back, and I got my elbow pads. Thank you, sweetheart. And uh, I got them on, and the guys there are all in line. They're like, you need to teach us how to do a, take a, clothesline i'm like all right so I'm like all right come at me and they start coming out boom i clothesline them they fall roll out of the way i mean there's a line of them like 15 of them you know i'm boom 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 you know clothesline the shit out of them you know and i didn't want them to think that i was a wuss so i was i was doing snug you know i don't like to be snug but do, during that training you got to find out who really wants it or not. So I was laying them in. I mean, I was dropping them in there like a sledgehammer on them. And here comes the last guy, which was the the promoter of the company. But this was in the backyard back then. And I'm he's coming. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to lay, man, lay it into him. And out of the blue, he turns around and he's got a birthday cake. It says, happy birthday, Mex. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, it blew my mind because I didn't expect that whatsoever. And my wife, you know, she came and she gave, you know, got a piece of cake and put it on my face. And I gave her a kiss with it on my face and all. And I told her, she goes, sweetheart, did I fool you? I said, sweetheart, I did not have a clue whatsoever that you were going to do this. She goes, so I got you. I said, yes, you did. And, you know, but now she knows, you know, hey, I'm 56 years old now. Going to be, you know, it's just another day to me. Yeah. You know, but my, my wife should be on the door or the hook. I mean, my wife, she's going to turn 50. The big five oh. So, you know, I'm like, I gotta do something for, you know, for her birthday. And they're like, okay, you know, and I'm like, no, man, I gotta do something special for her. You know, it's big five oh. You know, she's on my birthday, she always fixes me a slab of ribs and fries. And you know, I'm good with that. You know, as long as I got my wife there with me, I got my ribs, I got my fries. You know, I'm having my I'm having my dinner and I'm going to have my dessert later, if you know what I mean. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's just me. You know. I wear I wear blue jeans, T-shirt, white T-shirts. Uh -oh. 
I'm nobody special. I wear, you know, if I got them, I wear Converse. If not, you know, uh, I wear just plain tennis shoes, you know. I don't want to interrupt, but we got someone coming in, joining us. Awesome. Go on. Mr. Oh, Drew. Rue, how you doing today, sir? We had Drew on. Okay. I guess people didn't think the link was active, like it was a live link, because I had a couple of guys that come on and they're like, oh my God, and turned off. Well, like I said, you know, I mean, it's the way I look at it that Chris Benoit, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's a murderer. He killed his kid. He killed his wife and all this and that. Were you there? Were you in the same room as they were? Do you know exactly what happened? Uh, no. And, all. and I'm like, well, then shut the fuck up. I wasn't there, so I'm not saying anything. You know, I can't say he did it. I'm not saying he didn't do it because I was not there. And, you know, I have a friend of mine that has done dark shows for WWE. And I did a show with him just not a few years ago in uh or I think a year after Benoit was gone and uh, I was telling him, man, I still can't believe, you know, that he's gone. And he turned around and goes, brother, let me tell you something. Don't believe everything you hear. That's all I got to tell you. Do not believe anything, everything that you hear. So that made me stop and think, you know, about that. Yeah. I this all I say all I have to say is in the court of law if you have reasonable doubt is not guilty verdict right. correct correct now I'm not saying that you if you have reasonable doubt you automatically say well Ben Wall still did it you know whatever you know I am just saying this have a little empathy if you do, if there is a part of you that has reasonable doubt, instead of going, oh, he did it, look at the evidence. What's it? I mean, look at the evidence, read the report. I really do believe that it was just a quick, you know, hey, this is going to cost a lot of taxpayers' money. What does it look like? Well, we can make it look like a suicide. And I was like, okay, we're going to make it like that. Good money. I mean, that's like that, I mean, no, no one's ever been corrupted before in this fucking world. I mean, come on, people. Right. Vince McMahon's go. I mean, Vince McMahon, which I really do believe, either had something to do with his death, or made it a very quick. Here, here's like a check, and just make it go away. We get the WWE don't want the bad publicity because you know steroids and wrestlers went nuts, and like just make it go away. What pissed, what pissed me off, like I said before, you know, when they said that 
they they found steroids in the household of the Ben Walls residents. Yes, that is true. It is right. You know, they did find steroids, but those steroids were not Chris Benoit's. There were gross steroids for his younger son, Daniel. Also, it doesn't mean anything. I could have, like, I can go out and get hit by a truck or something like that. And you check my house, you can find, like, a eight ball of cocaine. Does not mean that I snorted a big line. Exactly. It means nothing. So do I believe they found, like, a little maybe a little growth, you know, in Benoit's place? Yeah. Because every weightlifter and every client who's in competition all have them. They all do. So, yes, I do believe they found something, but not at nearly as severe. It's like, right. like people, this is like with COVID as well. Cancer gets more of a relief than anything else. Because someone says, like, oh, I have a cancer, cancerous tumor right here. They take it off, it's gone. But COVID, though, right away, you got COVID. Oh, my God. No stages, no anything like that. It just, you got COVID. You are just, you got COVID. And it's like, it's supposed to be a shame or a death sentence or something like that. Same thing with steroids. You found steroids in this place, which I do believe they did. I'm sorry. I do believe they did. But the question is, though, we do not know the type. Because there's a whole list of it. I'm a former personal trainer, and I know for a fact there is a list. I mean, they break down shit to the cubicles and shit like that. So there's going to be a detailed list. Some of the shit that you can get at GNC and with beans doesn't hit you or anything like that. You know, it's like, but, you know, you just see the word steroids. Oh, that's steroids. Yeah. Yeah. We have Brian Murray trying to get in here. See, see what's up with him. But you know what I mean, though. It's like just because. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand. But you're right, though. On the flip side of it, though, it could be what you just said. They saw the steroids for his son Daniel. And oh yeah. Whoop! Steroids. Steroids, exactly. Because that's you know that's automatically. What happened? They seen it. Oh, steroids. We found the cause. We found the cause. Steroids. They didn't even bother looking at the name or anything about it. And, you know, like I said, you know, his baby, his youngest son, Daniel, was seven years old. And if you seen him, you thought he was probably three years old. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, I mean, I know it's. Anyone can look at any of my lists and be like, well, you know, and break it down. You only got 10. I could break that down. I had 26 points of reasonable doubt. It's like, that's just me. I have 26 points of reasonable doubt. It's like, I'm sorry, but these are my th- thoughts. I mean, this is like, they, there's reports that they wasn't hanging from a machine. He was slumped over. That's much different than uh, hanging. I hung himself. Yeah. But it's just, I'm sorry. That's the way. I mean, people don't realize it. They don't realize it until they see the big picture. They just see what's in front of them. They don't, you know, okay, steroids. He snapped. He had road rage or steroid, 
road rage, you know, steroid rage, and he snapped, killed his wife, killed his son. If that was the case, why on earth would he, you know, they say that he choked them out. Then why on earth would he lay them in their bed and lay the Bible right beside them? If he was in, if he was in the rage, he wouldn't have gave a shit. Period. He wouldn't have gave a fuck about getting them, picking them up, taking them to their bedroom, laying them in their bed, and then turn around and lay the 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 Bible, the Holy Bible, right beside them. Yeah, I thought that before, but then you see like Dark Side of the Ring with Chris Cannon. Yeah, person does that switch. So it's like too many blows to the head. You have that like that switch. So I can see the switch. I was like, okay, he, you know, CTE, which they probably explained that with the, he took the blows to the head. But still, there are questions that like, they say he died on a Saturday and he's, he's messaging people on a Sunday. Right. Oh my God, that must be, I want to know what, what type of technology or steroids he's taken that, right. you know, that you would make me dead and I can still text people and fuck with them. I would oh, like to know. Yeah, I would buy a case of it. Yeah, I was going to say, I would like to find out where he gets that so I could do it myself. Shit. Fucking hey, you died and you were able to have to say to the, like a big final fuck you to a bunch of people. Really great. And then say I love you to the rest. That would be great. So I mean, it's, either, it's either, they're, either there's something up or there's a drug out there that makes you dead and give you like 24 hours of text message people. That's, that's their explanation. That's it. Case closed. That's it. Like, oh, wow. I got 24 minutes. You know, I got 23 hours left. I better call my friends and tell them I love them, you know? Yeah. And it goes like, you know what? I'm going to fuck with Chavo instead. Well, that's I would do that. I'm going to fuck with Chavo instead. That would be great. <laughs> it's just too many questions and it could be denial from everything, but if you ask me right now, should Chris Benoit be in the Hall of Fame? That's debatable. That's debatable, yes or no. Your opinion? But however, though, you should at least have women in the Hall of Fame. Because people do not realize, we talked about, you know, Rick Steiner's, you know, nerdy girlfriend and switch over to woman. The resume of champions that she's managed. And you got to let Queen Charmel in instead? Right. You're talking about she's managed the ECW heavyweight champion multiple times, TV champion multiple times, tag team champions a couple of times. And that's that's ECW. Let's go to WCW. I mean, the whole titles and the. Right. She, right off the bat, the Steiner brothers, she got tag champs with yep then like you said of all those in ecw in nwa doom she managed doom yep they were tag team world champions that was a phenomenal tag team in its in itself yeah that was absolutely they were the mask man with uh with her then with teddy long without the mask and one of my favorite matches of all time is Starcade 90 doomed to feign the titles against the four horsemen yep. in a street fight? 
still one of my favorite matches of all time. And I mean, I wish to God I could turn back time and bring the Attitude Era back, but you know, I'm I'm not Jesus. You know, I can't do that. Oh, this I, society not, of Russia. Yeah, you know, I mean, it. There will never be another era like that. Never. It will never be touched. No one could touch it because that was it. You know, I mean, 99.9% of adults that worked at that Attitude Era time were living out their dream with Steve Austin beating the living holy fucking shit out of Vince McMahon. I mean, where else, you know, could you go and say, you know, hey there, boss. Kick him in the balls and then give him a stunner. And got away with it. These things just don't show up to work. Get unemployment. You make more. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, <laughs> even like Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince. We're Stone Cold. He knows better. He knows that. Fuck the boss. I can stay home, get some unemployment, sit back. <laughs> and then when he became the, you know, he became power of the ownership of WWE, he goes in there and he's, that one was WWE, can I, you know, welcome to the you know, World Wrestling Entertainment, may I help you? And Steve's like, what the hell was that? But no, no, you answer the phone, what the hell do you want? You know, and that woman's like, what the hell do you want? You know, and he goes, that's it, that's it, girl. You know, and I mean, Everybody was living through him. Yeah. I mean, Chris Benoit, you know, everybody's going to say, well, you know, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because he killed his family. He killed his wife. He killed his kid. Me personally, I can't say he did. I can't say he didn't. But what I can say is that man, Chris Benoit, was one Hell of a motherfucking wrestler. Period. You know where people, and I'm going to end the show with this, but this is where people don't fucking get it. They just don't get it. And I'm using their philosophy against them. You see, like, remember, you see, like, on TV, like, okay, you see, like, D. Malenko right away. You think to yourself, member of the horseman. Right. You know I mean, you if he started wrestling again and stuff like that, you know damn well the commentator at the, would be like, he was a member of the four horsemen. You can talk about all the, like if Paul Roma still wrestled. Same thing. Someone's gonna mention he's a member of the horseman. I mean, Jesus Christ, CW Anderson wrestles, and they say like he they say he's an Anderson. We don't know fucking know if he's what type of Anderson. I mean, he could be, I don't know. Right. You got Tolly Blanchard and Arn Anderson there. But, but you have like you blending everything together. You're saying, like, all right, Malenko's a member of the horseman. You know, Kurt Henning. He's been re- referred as a member of the horseman. The WWE put in the Hall of Fame the four horsemen. 
in my opinion, if you're wrestled under the banner of the Four Horsemen, that's a part of them. Because you look at like the Four Horsemen today, just like on the computer screen or something like that, you th- you you know you see the symbol and you think to yourself, a couple of the members, and it was one of the members a lot of people hit is Ben Wall. Yeah. So you look at that Four Horsemen placard, and you see the four horses, you know, bronze into it, whatever, or you on you go and Google image. You see the horseman, same thing. You got to think of Ben Wall. And in my opinion, the four horsemen in the Hall of Fame, so is a little piece of Chris Ben Wall. Absolutely. Right there. Right there. Because that shows that he's not the murderer. He's not, you know, he was a member of the four horsemen. And people who remembered when he wrestled in the part of Four Horsemen, he was like the rabbit Wolverine. You know, he was a badass. He one of his the one of my favorite rivalries, match series of matches was with Kevin Sullivan, the Dungeon of Doom versus the Four Horsemen. Yeah. So right there, right there, I look at Chris Benoit those days as in the rabbit Wolverine, and the guy who I absolutely adore. People can say like, well, he's a murderer and stuff like that. Well, okay. But that but that piece, a little piece of Ben Wall, no matter how you look at it, a memory is in the Hall of Fame already. Oh, definitely. Rightfully sure. So it's like, and if people go, no, it's not, I'm using your te- philosophy against you. So it's either you're lying there or you're lying here. Well, that's like, uh, you know, I put, I had it on my Facebook that, you know, on this day, Chris Benoit was dead and all this and that. And uh, I asked, in your own opinion, do you believe Chris Benoit should be in the Hall of Fame? And a lot of people are like, oh, no, you don't want a murderer in there. He's a fucking killer, you know, a suicide idiot. No, and I'm like, okay, that's your opinion. <laughs> you got Donald Trump in the Hall of Fame, and you're, you're saying like no murderers, no suicide, no idiots, right. no anything. You got Trump in the Hall of Fame. There would nobody, nobody would be in the Hall of Fame because there's more skeletons when back in the fifties and sixties and seventies than there is now. You know, I mean, that's like with uh, Ken Patera getting thrown in prison. That him and uh, just because he threw something through the glass window of a restaurant. And what it was is that he, after a show, they went to stop and get something to eat. The restaurant closed. And Campatera seen that they had nothing but food sitting still up there. And they were putting it in the trash can. Getting ready to throw it all out. That's the restaurant business. And, you know, Campatera was like, hey, you know, I see that all there, man. If you're going to throw it out, could you at least give us a couple of them if you're not going to you sell them to us? And the manager at that time was being a prick, an asshole to him. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you and all. Yep. And yeah. Kim Patera snapped and threw it through the window. And, you know, karma, he had to do years in there in Kim prison Patera, because of that. Kim Patera, Kim Patera, Kim Patera, Kim Patera, Kim Patera, smart and 
waited two hours. Because once they throw the food away, exactly. I would tell you in my twenties, I would know this. Two hours after the restaurant closes, that's when you hit the trash bags. That's before animals find out there's food in there, and that's where you get like you know leftover, of my case, white rice from the Chinese place. But that's, I can tell you that right now. So if Ken Vitera should have been like, if I wait two hours, no, there's no, I mean, there's not going to be cameras over the trash bin. I can tell you that right now. Maybe by the back door, but not by the trash bins. No one gives a fuck about the trash bins. But yeah, restaurants are very strict about once they're closed, all the food in the trash. Yeah, and I mean, that's like with me, when I worked at the grocery store, the deli, they would throw boxes of fried chicken out. And I'm like, why are you throwing this out? We got to get rid of it. It's, you know, we didn't sell it. I'm like, didn't give it to, you know, the, the homeless shelter, you know, let them have a meal at least, you know, give them some food to help them out. Oh, we got to throw it out. We got to throw it out. It's no good. I said, when did you make it? It was the last batch. Then how in the fuck is it bad? It was the last batch of fried chicken that you fried tonight. How is it bad? Well, we didn't sell it. That is that your problem? It's Are you going to get in trouble for it? Well, no. But yet you're going to throw it out. Even though you know for a fact, and I know for a fact it's good. Like I said, it's just ridiculous bullshit. I mean, there's, I mean, if Let's say someone orders an appetizer and it's like, you say like, oh shit, like I don't, oh, you gave me the wrong thing or right. the wrong thing got sent back. A lot of restaurants won't just be like, whoever wants it can have it. It's, it's only, it's they'd rather throw it away and eat the money than to be like, you know what? Because if I made a mistake, I will offer to the customer and be like, you can, you know, you'll get your, what you want, but we're going to throw this away anyway. So, you know, right. this, you know, but no, a lot of rest, a lot of restaurants would be like, throw it away. It's a waste. It's like, if you got it wrong, it's poison. Well, it's like, and you're like, dude, I'm hungry. Exactly. I'm doing like two shifts for you. How many of you just like to say, Hey, you want this? You know, I would say yes. But instead it's like, no, nah, you got to pay for it. It's going to be trash. It's going to be lost. Yeah, I mean, they're going to, you know, for a fact, they're going to throw it away. Yes. If it ain't, if it haven't done, like, if it's a wrong thing, like you said, and they take it back, we'll we'll sit it up here. They start working some more. Oh, it's been five minutes. Go ahead, throw this out. I'm like, really? At least give it to the dog that's in the back, you know, building, looking for scraps. Give him something to eat. Dogs number skin and bones. Cooks get paid shit. So with me, it was just like, I'll take it home and eat it for breakfast tomorrow. Exactly. I mean, nope, 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 go, nope, nope, no. Nope. Okay. You know, th- I just did a double shift for you. Thank you for my 11 bucks an hour. Good night. Fuck you. Right. And you wonder why I didn't, never came back. But anyways, that's... But my friend, we went over the time limit. I gotta let you go. Thank you very much for coming on. No problem, uh, sir. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. We have 
Bryce Campbell on next weekend, next week. We're going to talk a little wrestling and horror movies. You watch horror movies? My wife does. So you know a little bit? Yeah. Okay, so. So you won't be out of the loop or anything like that, but she's a very pretty girl, though, so. All right, my friend. We'll right, see you next week. See you next week. Thank you very much. Take care. People, God bless. Keep in touch. Reach high in the sky. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars, people. Amen, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one, sir. Good night.